morning, everybody. Okay. Let's go to Colossians. Colossians. Between Philippians and First Thessalonians, if you want to know. Or page one thousand five hundred and sixty-four. I can't speak up, that's my link, that's my <laughs> volume. Chapter 3, of course, <laughs> my favourite chapter in the whole world. Oh yeah. Okay, thank you, Lord. Father, we just come to you this morning and give you thanks for your word, Lord. And we just thank you that it's your heart, Lord God, that we should know your word, that we should walk in your word, and that we should uh, have victory in our lives in Jesus Christ. We just pray, Father, that. Uh, our ears might be open, Lord, to hear what you have to say to us this morning, and that um, we would walk out from this place ready to do what you've said. Thank you, Father. We just bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Sorry about that. This is weird. It feels funny. Okay, everybody ready to hear? Praise God. Just, I'll just go back a bit from in chapter 2 here, uh, verse 6, chapter 2. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, being rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. Um, rooted and grounded in the faith. Built up in Him. Established. All good words. There's two things we need to get straight before we even start in our walk with God. One of them is, is the Bible the Word of God or not? Is the Bible the truth? Is the Bible really what it claims to be? And have we settled the matter of supremacy in our life? Have we actually settled the matter? Have we truly repented? Have we truly made Jesus our Lord and Saviour? In Revelations chapter 2, verse 1 to 6, it talks about um, 
John receiving a word from Jesus, a revelation from Jesus to the church in Ephesus. And that word says that, in a nutshell, that Jesus could see what they had been doing, could see their works. Uh, they had done uh, good things as a church. Um, but he had one thing against them, that they had left their first love. They'd left their first love. And as I read that, I thought to myself, well, what does that mean, they've left their first love? And it kind of came to me that there was a cooling down of the fervency of their love. Because it, when we first fall in love, there's a real fire within us burning for the person that we love. And that can become a little bit old soon after that happens. And it can become, the fire can die down. And Jesus is saying, um, look at who I am. Look at who I am the Son of God. Your fervency should never decrease. Your fervency should burn, you should burn for me all through your Christian walk. And at the end of those seven churches that Jesus writes to, he, he writes to the Laodicean church and he says, um, that you're lukewarm. You're neither cold nor hot, but lukewarm. And that's kind of the same thing. It's, it's like the fervency of their love for Jesus had sort of come off the heat a bit. And they were starting to show signs, I guess, of doing things for the wrong reasons. For living their, their lives, uh, for going back into kind of a self-centered existence rather than keeping their eyes on Jesus and keeping that love strong for Him and doing everything out of love for Him. So I, I chose uh, Colossians chapter 3 because it speaks to me about how to walk as a Christian. It's like a condensation of the whole word into one chapter. The things that really matter as I go out there and live my life. Because that's, we have, we have an hour or two here of a Sunday morning, but we have 166 hours out there. Some of it we're sleeping, of course, but most of it we're interacting with other people, whether it be family, um, workmates, people in the shopping centre. We're visible. We're, we're interacting. We're, ha we're having relationships. We have a cup of tea or coffee with somebody. We're having relationships. We're at work, working beside our workmate. It's a relationship. We're sitting at the dinner table with our kids. That's a relationship. We, we're reading to our kids. Whatever we're doing, 
we're, we're front and centre to somebody out there. And so how does God want us to live so that we maintain our zeal? Because Paul said, don't lose your zeal. Don't lose your zeal. It's too easy to lose your zeal. So, at the end of chapter 2 and verse 20, it says, this is Colossians, if you died with Christ to the elements of this world, why do you live as you would, as you still belong to the world? So, even in this, this church in Colossia, Colossae, wherever it was, Paul was having problems with people not knowing how to live properly in their Christian walk. They were going back to things that were habits in their lives rather than walking on to and making new habits in their Christian walk. Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. All these regulations refer to what is destined to perish by being used up and they are human commands and doctrines. Regulations, people living by regulations, people being regulated by what they, uh, what, what other people tell them. Paul said, no, that's not the Christian life. The Christian life is lived as a life of love, full stop. You fall in love with the Saviour because of what He did for you. Then you live for Him, 24-7. He becomes your absolute everything. And that's where the supremacy comes in. That's where the Lordship comes in. Remember before it said, just as you have received Jesus Christ as Lord, you must receive Him as Lord. You can't just receive Him as Saviour. Very early in my Christian life, there was a thing going around where you could could be saved and then you could decide whether you wanted to be uh, wanted to live for Jesus or whether you wanted to just, you got your ticket to heaven, so what does it matter anyway, you know? And so that was completely wrong. So we've got to receive Jesus for who He is, not for who we think He is. And He is Lord and He is Saviour. So if we haven't received Him as Lord, we haven't received Him. We've received some, some facsimile of Him. Okay, chapter 3, let's get into it. So, if you have been raised with Christ, so Paul's saying, we have been raised with Christ, okay? Wow, That's, that's the word that we need to say right now, is wow. We've been raised with Christ. Paul implies that we are in Christ when he rose. So when Christ rose from the dead, we rose with Him because we are in Him. If we believe Jesus, if we've made Him Lord of our lives, if we believe the Gospel, we've been born again, we've been raised with Christ. And Paul says, if so, this is where the starting point is, Seek the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Seek the things above, where Christ is, 
So, what's he saying? We've become spiritual beings. Our spirits have been made alive again. We've been born again, the regeneration, washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Spirit. Born again. Who knows that they're born again? Some of us know we're born again. Most of us know we're born again. <laughs> well, there could be some people seeking for the Lord while they're here, you know. If you're born again, you have been raised with Christ to His right hand. Seek those things which are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. There's another scripture that says that we are seated with, in heavenly places with Christ. That's where our spiritual place is right now if we are in Christ. Because if you're in Christ, you're where Christ is. Whatever Christ is doing, you are doing because you're in Him. So, then it says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind, like concrete sets. Set your mind. Don't go back to thinking any lower than that. Set your mind on things above. There's a scripture that's in Romans uh, 6.21. I'll just get my phone out because it's got all the bookmarks in it. Romans 6.21 says, What fruit had you then in those things wherewith you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. When we were living earthly lives, sensual lives, and just loving the things that we were feeling, living for feelings, living for our own uh, gratification, there was no fruit in our lives. We were not doing anything for anybody else, only for ourselves. And so what Paul says, what, what's the point of going back to that? What's the point of setting your mind on things that are not the things of the Spirit? Because the things of the Spirit are the new things, the real things, the profound things of existence, aren't they? The Spirit is the, the real basic world. The Spirit is the real what would you call it? Realm, I guess. The spirit realm is the first realm. It's the realm of true existence. Um, don't get too comfortable here on earth because it's all going to finish. It's all going to, there's going to come an end to it. We are spiritual people. God has given us spirits and we live in, in, in that spiritual realm as Christians. So seek those things which are above. Seek to know Jesus. Seek to know what He wants for your life. Seek to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Seek to, to pray and to seek Him. Seek His presence. Seek His power. Seek His gifts. Not because 
You want to be anybody, but you want to further the kingdom of God because remember, we've said, we've settled supremacy. Our whole life now is lived for the kingdom of God, not for the kingdom of Steve or the kingdom of whoever you are. That's the first step you've got to make. Is our life lived now for the kingdom of heaven or for my kingdom? Is Jesus just doing me good or am I here for him? That's what you've got to settle. That's what you've got to get really down into your, into your heart. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. We look at that and we long for, don't we? The second chapter of Acts, the third chapter of Acts, the fourth chapter of Acts. Right through Acts, we look at the, the things that are happening in the Spirit. When people are led by the Holy Spirit, when people are given over and just living for the glory of Jesus, the things that are happening in their lives are amazing. We look at it and we go, wow, we wish we could have that kind of uh, thing happening today. Well, there's no reason why we can't. Because as Jesus is, so are we in Him. Jesus just wants to carry on His work through us. Jesus had to go away, but that's why He sent His Spirit, to carry on His work in us as we walk through this earth. That should be our goal, to see how far we can go with Jesus, how, how close we can get to Him, not how close we can get to the borders between us and the world. We need to go towards the middle, not towards the outside. Not try to get away with what we can get away with and not have our ears open to hear what the world is doing. Not to sort of concentrate on the things that, that, that hap are happening here. There's too much of that in the church, I believe. There's too much of it. We get sucked in too easily. We've, there's too much of a habit being built up in our lives. Um, in the flesh, the flesh just loves to gratify itself. And we've got to be, we've got to be fighting against that all the time. That's our spiritual battle, is the flesh. It's a big part of it. It's our, it's our own desires and our passions. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Well, that's what we've just been talking about. Wow, that's amazing, eh? Our life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with Him. In uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.13, Paul talks about not being ignorant about what will happen to those who have fallen asleep in Christ. And we don't know whether we're going to be here when Jesus comes back or not, do we? We could, be, we could be one of the ones who have fallen asleep before Christ comes. But I would, have not, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, Concerning those which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. 
For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even to them who also which sleep in Jesus, will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. What a fantastic promise that is. What a fantastic hope that is for everyone who knows Jesus that one day he's coming back. And he says this, when Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now put away all the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your Creator. So we've got something to do, haven't we, as we walk this earth? And it's one of the things that is, I guess, exciting about the Christian life. It's exciting about the Christian life, is that we can actually put down those things that rise up in us by the power of the Holy Spirit, of course, put down those things that rise up in us that try to take away our joy, Try to, try to take away our peace. They try to take away our witness. And we can live holy and solely for the glory of Jesus Christ. What a life! To live for Jesus. Is the, remember the old song, living for Jesus is the best life of all? Serving and following Him. It's the only life. So we have the power in the Holy Spirit to hear Him say to us, don't go that way. No, 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 don't do that. I wouldn't do that if I was you. <laughs> the Holy Spirit wants to guide us and direct us. And when Paul is talking about putting away these things, he's not meaning in your own strength. He's meaning by the new power that you have indwelling within you, who's leading and guiding you every single day. As you walk out there in the world, there's going to be temptations that come to you. There's going to be things that... Uh, will seem nice to the flesh. There'll be, there'll be things that you want to do that will seem, that will be illegal in the kingdom. And they, these are sins. And our earthly nature, our, our, our sensual nature, the nature of us that belongs down here, needs to be squashed as we go through our lives. We need to be vigilant with this. Because what does it say in James 1.12? It says, 
Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. So when temptations come, it's our job in the power of the Holy Spirit to say no when he says no, to say yes when he says yes. What a privilege it is to walk in holiness, to walk in purity before our God because it's, it's a witness to the world that God is able to change us and to cause us to walk upright lives to think even upright, to think think things that are right and good and proper. The Word of God says, whatsoever is good, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is of good repute, whatsoever is, is pure, think of these things. And um, that's why the Word of God is, we need to get into it. We need to be lovers of the Word of God because it tells us how to live. It's not a book of instructions that thou shalt do this or you will die. It is, how can I please my master today? How can I put a smile on Jesus' face? What a thing to live for. That we can make God happy. God is not some um, mechanical being that just responds to mechanical life. <laughs> he's, he's there, he's, a, he's, a, he's like us, we're like him. He has emotions. He lives in the now. He's there, he's here right now. And he knows what you're going through. And he knows what you can do and what you can't do, what you want to do, what you don't want to do. He's for you, he's not against you. He's here for you. And he's just he's he's just listening to everything you say every time you speak to him. And you can bring everything to him. Whatever it is that you're being tempted with, God, I want to do this. My flesh wants to do it, but Lord, I want to serve you. Lord, I want to I please you today. I want to walk in a way that is pleasing to you. And you know, we're going to fall. It's not going to be 100% perfect. doesn't mean we don't go for the 100%. We run the race to win, don't we? But when we fall, you know who's there? Jesus is there. He understands. He's an advocate with the Father. And He's the righteous one. And we can say to Him, Lord, I fell today. I did this and I, I know I shouldn't have done it. And I just want to say, I'm sorry, Lord, and I want, to, I want you to pick me up. I want you to dust me off. And I want you to set me off again without wasting one second in guilt and shame because he's willing and able to forgive. 1 John 1, 9 is the Christian's uh, bar of soap. So, um, what was his name? Said that? Yeah. Uh, Christian's bar of soap, yeah. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as we, as we look to be those people who walk upright before our God and not let ourselves fall back into these sins, as we take control of our lives in the power of the Holy Spirit, asking God always to help us, 
then we're, for, we're forgiven. We, we don't go any, God doesn't go anywhere away from us. God's there to help us. He's for us, not against us. In Christ there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, for Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion. When we take off things, we've got to put on stuff to replace it. When we, when we squash those things in our life that are trying to cause us to sin... We put on the opposite, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. All the fruits of the Spirit will come into our lives without us even trying when we walk with Jesus. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Forgiveness is an incredible word. Forgiveness is the most beautiful word in the Bible because forgiveness is the heart of God. Forgiveness is the very heart of God. God wanted to forgive so much that He sent His Son, Jesus. He went to incredible lengths so that He, he could forgive us. And he asks us just to forgive those who have hurt us or done some stuff against us. We've said before that, um, that when you're forgiven much, you love much. And we've been forgiven much. You don't have to go too deep into your past life to know that we've been forgiven much. For God is a perfect God. God is a holy God. And He's just looked down upon us and said, because of Jesus, and because you've come to me in repentance, because you've come to me and you've said, Jesus, you are Lord, then I forgive you. I forgive you. There's nothing against you anymore. Your guilt is all gone. And God asks us to do that with our brothers and sisters, with those around us, to, to forgive, forgive, just forgive. There's no qualification, just forgive. Just forgive. Just forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. As I said before, love is everything. We've got to walk in love. If we're not walking in love, we're walking in condemnation. We're walking in the, in the wrong spirit. We're doing things for the wrong reasons. And let the peace of Christ, to which you are also called in one body, rule in your hearts. Rule your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. Whatever you do, let, let his peace settle in you. Then you'll always know you're doing the right thing. There's no peace. For the wicked, it says. If you let God's peace guide you, then you'll always be walking in the right path. 
And oh, the peace that comes when we know that Jesus Christ has saved us and lifted us out of out of sin and out of our hatred and out of our bitterness and out of our idolatry. And he set us upon the rock. He's placed us in himself. He saved us. He's, he's, he tells us, I want you for all eternity. I want you to be mine for all eternity. He does that for every individual one of us. Yes, he does it for all of us, but he does it for each of us. And that's the important thing. If we were the only person on earth who'd sinned, Jesus would have died for us. That's how much he loved us. And so, that's just amazing. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Be thankful. Thanksgiving is a very important part of living the Christian life. When, um, when I think it was Darius made the proclamation because of being told to by his underlings that he should, um, that no one in the kingdom should pray to anyone except him, then um, it says that Daniel heard the proclamation, went to his room, opened his window towards Jerusalem and gave thanks three times a day. Gave thanks three times a day. God loves a thankful person. God loves a grateful person. He just does amazing things in people who are grateful. If that's what you're lacking, get into it. It's good for you. Get into forgiveness. Get into gratefulness. Seek peace and pursue it, it says. Those things, get into them. Set your heart onto them because they're good for you. Gratefulness. Thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for this food in front of me. Thank you, Lord, for my children every day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the weather. Thank you, Lord, for my job. Thank you, Lord, for everything. In everything, give thanks, it says. <coughs> Pardon me. In everything, give thanks. Whether you're going through the good stuff or the bad stuff, be thankful. Because God works everything towards good for those who love Him. And are called according to His purpose. And as I said before, let the Word of Christ dwell richly in you. In wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. This, this implies that everyone can sing, doesn't it? So no one can make the excuse that they can't sing because God accepts all the noise that comes out of our mouths when it, when it comes out of our hearts, out of a pure heart. So if you're sitting there going, oh, I can't sing, and I can think of a person right now, but I won't name them. Um, thank you, darling. Good on you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no excuse. We can all sing. 
singing with gratitude in our hearts. And this is my favourite verse. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to, to God the Father through him. Word or deed pretty much covers everything, doesn't it? From our sleeping to our eating. Another verse says, um, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, First Corinthians, do it all to the glory of God. That's our job. That's what we do on this earth, is we live for the glory of God. And we need to make that a habit in our lives. Every morning we need to settle that in our hearts before we move out to meet with others and to have relationships with others. That we are living, breathing. It's your breath in my lungs, so I pour out my praise. We belong, we are, he owns us. We're his, he owns us. We're his possession. He always has owned us. Nothing's changed. We've just come back to the place where we always should have been in our Christian life. When we walked away from God through Adam and Eve, that happened, that, that was an abor- aberration. Yeah, that word. That was not right. What's right is coming back to God and walking with Him. That's where we should have been always. So we're not doing anything weird, anything we shouldn't have been created for, weren't created for. We're doing the very thing we were created for when we come back to Christ. The very thing we were created for. So living for Jesus' glory should be the easiest thing in the world. Once we've made that decision, Once we've said, God, you are supreme. I can't get away from that, Lord. You are supreme. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, supremely, and your neighbor as yourself. They're the two two parts of the law that really matter because they encompass the whole lot. And all that's in that is our privilege to dig up and find out so that we can do more and more every day to see God glorified, to see His Son blessed, to see a smile on His face. Remember He was a man of sorrows? The Scriptures say He was a man of sorrows. Well, let's make Him the man of happiness. Well, He is already, of course. But you know what I mean. Let's do our bit for the kingdom of God without holding back. And life will be just amazing. Life will be the way it should be. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just come to you this morning. And we are just so much in love with Jesus. We love him so much for what he did for us and for who he is. And Lord, we want to be that person who walks in you for your glory that we, being led by the Spirit, live to glorify our King. Because He is our King. The world doesn't know Him as that, but we do. We know Him as the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And so, Lord, we want to walk in that. 
We want to be found in Him, not having a righteousness of our own, but one which is by faith in Jesus Christ. So bless you, Lord. Take us through now. Take us on through this week. And um, we just give you all the praise and glory and honor. In your name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We would live for the glory of one. Amen. Amen.